0: Hello and welcome to Prince Track by track I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about I Wonder You from Parade. It was recorded on the 17th of April 1985 at Sunset Sound, and released on the 31st of March 1986 in the US, and one day later in the UK. On this track we have Prince and Wendy and Lisa, um, and then we have some orchestration from Claire Fisher, who, uh, the track is a bare 1 minute and 40. Uh, And this is the third of four tracks that kind of go together as a kind of like medley at the opening of this album here. Uh, The previous track kind of slows down just a little bit and then the kind of beat kind of matches the start of I Wonder You and then it kind of gets back into the kind of the rhythm for this particular song. Um, Interestingly enough, Prince recorded his vocals for this particular song um, and then um, along with Wendy... And then he basically got rid of his own voice and just left Wendy as the lead singer but because she was basically singing um, kind of backup she she was kind of singing the, the the harmony parts um along with Lisa it means that her her vocal is kind of odd in that it doesn't feel like it's a lead vocal it just feels like someone kind of singing in the background as as they were it's it's a very odd thing that he did and Um, Today, joining me uh, as my guest is Patrick Hamilton. Hello, Patrick.
1: Hello! I'm so glad to be here again.
0: And um, this is such an odd little song because it's basically like um, a bridge between two other songs, I feel. It's like it doesn't really feel like its own song. And um, if you ever owned this on on tape, I guess you'd be hard-pressed to pick out where it actually started and where it finished because it just kind of because the instrumentation and everything is kind of similar between uh, the previous track and, and the next track, it just it just kind of feels like a weird thing where you, you go from new position, which is a bit more upbeat and a bit quicker, and then you go into Under the Cherry Moon, which I would say is just a, a tad slower than I Wonder You, um, uh, and a bit more kind of lilting, in fact. And in between, you just have this kind of minute and 40 seconds of this almost like a sketch of a song um, with... Basically, I mean, I'm almost no lyrics. <laughs> there is this weird thing where, <laughs> where um, obviously the words I wonder you are pronounced over and over again. The you obviously is written as a, a, a U. We are two years away from Prince actually changing the, uh, the I into the word I, um, which happens with the track I Know. Um, where he he draws a little kind of eye symbol and that on it, on everything from that point onwards. So you know <laughs> it, this it's so weird because it's just you know the lyrics are basically I wonder you, but there's a there's a bit where she keeps saying I how you say, which is a little bit of kind of like a kind of pigeon French. You know, it's like something that people would say if they want to like Im- imitate someone doing a French accent. And yes. then there's a bit of the you know when it, we get to the second, um, I mean when we get to the only verse essentially because it's mostly chorus, we get the, I dream of you for all the time. Though you are far, I wonder you, you're on my mind. And that's the, pretty much the whole song. Like, <laughs> there's like, uh, there's barely anything to it. Um, but I think, it, you know, it's interesting because um, Prince, when asking for the orchestration, he he specifically told Claire Fisher that he wanted um, more uh, like a flute sound. So that's the kind of main, you've got this kind of bare drum sound in, in the background Um, And then you have these these flutes kind of floating around and kind of playing the main kind of counterpoint to the uh, to the 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 lyrics. And it's it's just kind of it's such an odd song. Um, And, you know, uh, Prince basically performed it once um, before it was recorded um, at First Avenue. And then he performed it once when he was on the parade tour in Japan. And that was it. Never perform the song ever again.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly a, a crowd rager. <laughs> it's more of a, a soundscape. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a suite, as it were. It's a bridge. Um, you know, it's something that's meant to evoke a time, place, and emotion. It's not necessarily. song yeah at least not in the traditional pop sense yeah
0: it's just kind of like just something atmospheric it's 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 kind of and it sort of sums up under the cherry moon which is a terrible film but it sort of sums (laughs) it sums up the mood of that film which is just this kind of the idea of just being in france Mm -hmm. you know as opposed to you know obviously prince's debut film which was very much about being in um you know uh minnesota um, specifically kind of Minneapolis, but, you know, the flyover states, kind of that kind of feeling of being in a town that's kind of not one of the bigger towns, you know, not New York, definitely not, you know, anywhere in LA, but it's just kind of this small kind of city in kind of the heartland of America. Whereas this song really is about, you know, just go to France and, you know, things things will just be more sophisticated and kind of, um, you know, more kind of fun and and this song kind of manages to kind of give you that in you know like a minute and 40 seconds
1: it's breezy it's romantic if you heard it while you were atop a a rooftop party in paris uh, and you were smoking a cigarette and talking about something deeply philosophical with an insanely attractive member of the sex that you are attracted to yeah uh, this this would be not be out of place it, it it is literally something that is meant to transport you and bridge ideas uh, with under the cherry moon you have what is supposed to be a romantic caper so you have a lot of playful jazz happening here and I think that's where the flutes come yeah. in yeah you it, it's it feels very of a of a time place and is steeped in a culture that is not his own and yet because he is prince he can just sit within it and and do something very interesting and and that's what i like about it it's it is really interesting and atmospheric and yeah it's it's not exactly a party rager this isn't going to go high in your on your playlist to get you pumped
0: his band kind of um, helped push him in kind of different directions and kind of um, you know make him kind of work a little harder um, but at the same time he always wanted to be you know like the solo genius so he always kind of denied their inputs um, particularly on you know Purple Rain and stuff like that you know like the, the writing credits he never really kind of acknowledged that Wendy or Lisa kind of added anything to the songs until you know decades later in some of those cases um, obviously you know uh, later on in this in this, uh, you know the year when this was released he basically sacked everyone who was with him on Purple Rain with the exception of Dr. Fink then this is the first time this has ever happened on any kind of Prince songs to this point the only person singing is not Prince on this track and you know so it's it's kind of interesting that he gave her such a prominent position and then you know months later <laughs> fired everybody from his
1: band well I think he I think he's thinking about this and I'm assuming this of course yeah but he's looking at this as a piece of soundtrack rather than a pure album experience yeah it's it's meant to audibly take you to some place that you would naturally see visually and so if he's evoking the feminine presence of the movie, which is all the women he's trying to seduce and and and, and juggle uh, in this supposed wacky adventure that he's happening, which in the end does not come off all that wacky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th- I think it does a good job of that. So he doesn't necessarily, although I'm sure... Maybe one version of this track, or he at least, you know, told her, this is what I want out of you. Or maybe at this point, she just knew, because they had been doing it for a while at that point. And
0: it's interesting because, you know, um, Prince kind of didn't really start shooting the film until after a number of the tracks had been recorded. Um, So, you know, like... uh, he'd had a lot of the songs you know this this song in particular you know this this kind of medley um was all recorded way before they started shooting the film which they didn't start doing until september of 85 so it's almost like he he already had the idea for what it, the, the, the film would be um uh, or the kind of the atmosphere of what the film was going to be um and, and mm-hmm. had these songs and then made the film to kind of fit those songs Um, which, you know, I expect worked fantastically with Purple Rain. So he thought, well, I did it with Purple Rain. Uh, You know, I recorded a bunch of songs, you know, mostly live performances at First Avenue, and then I put them into a film and it worked fine. So let's do that again, Um, you know.
1: (laughs) With a completely different type of narrative drive. It's, it's (laughs) It's someone sort of learning all the wrong lessons about what, worked from their previous film. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. I mean, I don't know if this would have ended up, you know, being any better of a film if Mary Lambert, who was originally supposed to direct it. If she had actually helmed the movie. Yeah. My guess is that it had to have turned out better uh, because he wouldn't have to have had so many hats on. And while you can totally do that within a studio, you know music and film are both art yeah. but the mechanics are entirely different it's like saying you can fly a plane when you know how to make a train run and <laughs> yeah they they're just different animals man
0: yeah um you know i i wasn't able to find any kind of covers or anything out there um you know i don't think this is a song that people could really cover because like we've discussed it is about a certain atmosphere and that atmosphere is kind of maybe less than successfully evoked by the film um you know they certainly mm-hmm. spent the money to go out and film in France but i don't think any of that really transferred <laughs> uh, onto the screen um you know they could have shot it in the back lot of paisley park and it probably would have had the exact same kind of outcome um but yeah i just i it's 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 kind of like an a little oddity on this album, just sitting between, you know, a couple of songs. I don't think I've ever kind of like said to myself, let's go and listen to, I wonder you. <laughs> I just, because I always listen, if I'm going to listen to a parade, I generally listen to those first four songs all as one song, essentially, you know, I right. don't really kind of pick them out and kind of say, I'm going to listen to this one or this one. Um, and I'm, I, I'm guessing on my iTunes, I've probably only given it like um, three out of five. I would say it's very successful in kind of establishing this atmosphere, but just as a just as a a minute and 40 seconds listened to by itself as i did before we recorded this for you know like about three or four times through i i don't you know there's there's it's kind of an interesting sound but there's nothing really that kind of makes me it doesn't really hook me and so it's kind of like it's okay as a bridge between two other songs but it doesn't really stand out on it on its own as anything other than a kind of curio because the fact that you know you've got wendy as the as the lead vocalist you know that's that makes it interesting just as a kind of trivia question rather than you know as a as an actual song i like
1: it from its soundtrack sort of um space i I like that it evokes in motion and that it plays with parisian jazz um rhythms and tropes uh through his filter and it's one of those tracks that I could see someone else using in a film and you wouldn't actually know that it came from Prince. Yeah. It it to, you know, if, if you were a hack, um, (laughs) let's say you're a McG, and you know, the lead of your film wisps into France. I can see this track being popped in there as a, as a way to go, Oh, we're in Paris now. Um, or someone with a bit more clarity of vision, like let's say a Quentin Tarantino using this uh, as a background to a scene that happens to take place there and using it a bit more um, interestingly. Um, But it's, again, it's just, it's not, it's not a song as a piece of interesting soundtrack. I think it's evocative and I think it's lively and I think it, it, It takes you to a time and place. So there's that. It's just not a song. Out of five, would you say? As as a song, it is at best a three out of five. As what its purpose is in the actual film itself, I think it's insanely successful. Probably more success. And I think that's one of the things that stands out about that film. It's like, when I think back on it, I I only think about Jerome Benton. (laughs) He's the thing that pops out. Yeah. Or you think like Steven Burkhoff is unhinged yeah. at, in that role and you're like, Oh boy, someone needed to tell him to dial that back. <laughs> or you, you think Kristen Scott Thomas like, Oh, there's a there's a woman I'm gonna see uh, on movie screens again and again and again. I get it. I see why they cast. Yeah. It. But as far as like, oh, let's watch a Prince movie tonight let's pop in under the cherry moon. No, 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 that's not going to, it's going to be real low on that list. Yeah. Uh,
0: Okay. Well, I feel like we've said as much as we can about this, this song that barely lasts a hundred seconds. So we're going to go to, we're going to go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug Patrick?
1: Well, uh, for those of us, uh, those of, people who like the sound of my voice and also might happen to like uh, making fun of horror films, Uh, my podcast is called Kill by Kill, and uh, we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And so we are currently winding our way through the Friday the 13th franchise in the hopes that A Camper's Untimely End is just the beginning of the jokes we can make about them. And uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are sold or downloaded. You can follow us on Twitter at kill by kill pod or you can follow me at pat r a hamilton if you want to hear uh more about me specifically and you can also follow us on instagram at kill by kill podcast
0: great stuff i feel like you should do just like a, a special one episode where you just cover the death of christopher tracy and him <laughs> him finally being killed in a moment that i can only assume at the premiere in uh, in wyoming i think it was held uh, everybody everybody, yes.
1: finally cheered and was like, thank goodness he's finally killed. Oh, it has to be over, yeah. right? Is that going to turn into an angel or become a statue or something like yeah. that? Yeah,
0: unfortunately, they, I think they... No, actually, I was going to say unfortunately, but no, they then go to... They sing mountains while they're in heaven. Um, and that's a really good song which we'll talk about in, in, a, in, a, in about a week's time but yeah uh, yeah, it,
1: it's the only appropriate place to yeah. do it when you think
0: about it um, okay well you can follow us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or you can find us on Twitter at Prince Podcast or if you wish to email us I don't know why you would you can get us at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com thanks very much for being my guest on this episode Patrick
1: oh thank you for having
0: me it was a great time and otherwise goodbye
1: bye the life was there All good things they say never last Love isn't love
0: until it's in